The Carl Perkins Act, which has seen a variety of name changes, was first authorized by the federal government in 1984 with the goal of increasing the quality of academic, career, and technical skills through career and technical education in the United States. I'm Cheney Mosley, and I was a beneficiary of that act. But it wasn't until I was in high school that a teacher really encouraged me to think about future options. And while I've had a fulfilling career over the last 20 or so years, I can't help but wonder how my life might have been different if I had dreamed about my future work before high school. And that's why the Association for Career and Technical Education has developed a podcast series dedicated to middle school career exploration. Over five episodes, we will hear from a variety of practitioners diligently working in the space of middle school career exploration as they share their thoughts and ideas on why and how exploring careers in middle school is important to the development of adolescents. Joining us today, we have Doug Cullen, who is the Manager of Career Services at Pinkerton Academy in Derry, New Hampshire. Hey, Doug, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much. I appreciate being here. So as I'm giving your introduction, I find myself wondering what in the world it is you do as the Manager of Career Services. Being honest, I've met a lot of people who work in the K-12 education space, but I've never met anyone with that exact title. So. Why don't we just start our conversation with that. What is it that you do as Manager of Career Services? Great question. Um, we ha came up with that title a little while ago. Really, it's not been around for a very, very long time, and it's because it's more of a functional description that goes across the district. So the intent was to try to give some sort of a management or functional oversight to all the activities around career development and, and from cradle to grave. And what I mean by that is, to really identify the starting point of what students should be looking at in the area of career services, all the way through providing all the experiences or, or managing the oversight of those experiences for students across the entire district, certainly within the high school environment. New Hampshire is a little unusual in the fact that career and technical education, known as CTE throughout the country, is blended here with comprehensive high schools where in other parts of the United States, you would see those as being separate. It's blended here, and the relevance to your question is, therefore, there's a lot of activities that dovetail into the CTE world around career development as much as it does in the non-CTE world, which frankly is a, a much larger population. So because of our size, that blended model, where we are in relation to the amount of schools that send to us, which is fairly large for the Northeast, we decided that that sort of title was really necessary to give it the depth and breadth of really what the function was deserving. Okay, so you're more like a supervisor of the career experiences that students get to have, and it sounds like I'm guessing you handle the logistics and the coordination and the oversight of all those different activities? Quite a bit of them, that's correct. Yeah, that, that really nails it. Okay. So the name Pinkerton Academy, I'm, I'm picturing something that is probably incorrect. So maybe you could tell us what Pinkerton Academy is 
the, the students that you serve, what does that student body look like, what grades are they in, and some of the other demographics associated with the school. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. So this particular area was fairly rural. It was an agricultural environment about 60 miles north of Boston that was set up in the early 1800s as being predominantly at that period of time a preparatory school to get young men, that's really what it was designed for, into the collegiate mindset uh, of the time. Obviously, that's been migrated out and moved over the last several years. Um, but since 1814, this has been really focused on what can we do to help students get a, a better experience, um, a more comprehensive experience, and better prepared for the occupations that were being designed. And obviously, that just kept on changing over time over time. The demographics, well, though. Inter this, wait, can ahead. I interrupt you really quick? Did you say yeah. since 1814? <laughs> we're the oldest private academy in the world. So, yes, I did say <laughs> That's 1814. That's before the Act? Wow. Yeah, it was really going back there, and it was the Pinkerton brothers got together and said, you know, we really need to do something. So two fairly affluent individuals that were um, very, very much part of our society in the uh, late 1700s and early 1800s said, we need to build a school. We need to do something. We need to do a better job and really integrate uh, the folks that are here into our society. So, yeah, I did say 1814. It is, it is an odd conversation to be having. And it just grew from there. It was a single room, a schoolhouse, fireplace, the whole thing. And now we have 19 wow. buildings. Our campus stretches over an eighth of a mile. We have over 500,000 square feet of actually educational space that we have for students. And we own two separate campuses. One is the primary campus where all the buildings are. And we have a secondary campus about 15 miles away, which is nothing more than literally a forest intentionally built for one of our career development programs which is environmental studies. So if you were to you go to this forest, you would actually say, oh my gosh, I, I think I recognize some, some uh, plants and so forth here that are not from New England area. You're right, it's actually yeah. a southern pine and a variety of different things intentionally designed to give students a career development experience, very cathartic, very deep, very rigorous, and to ha have them support areas and um, environments and plant life that is not indigenous to New England. So that way they could go throughout the country. Well, that philosophy is very much what Pinkerton Academy has been about for the last 200 plus years, which is to provide educational solutions, whether they are career focused or not, in which they can actually use those skills and go throughout the world. And that's one okay, of the so reasons, frankly, of, that we are so large. What, wait, what grade of students are you serving? Nine through 12. Okay, and only, and so what ages does that typically involve? Well, um, an advanced student would come in around 12, 13, but normally that would be between the ages of 14 and 18, so fairly typical. Yeah. Um, and this is, as the name implies, a comprehensive high school. So it has the, the traditional academics you would expect to see in any sort of an academic environment, as well as many of the skills and now relatively new academics associated to a, a very advanced and very large career and technical education center. So we have 3,000, right now, as of last year, we have 3,373 students. So are students coming to you from the middle school or from a, do you have a feeder middle school where they're doing career exploration as well? Um, 
feeder middle schools. So we have multiple middle schools that are that are in this environment in, in this catchment area. Uh, we serve five different communities through the comprehensive high school and an additional five communities through our CT center. So that obviously equals 10 different communities that feed into this in a variety of different ways. So we have multiple middle schools that feed into us, as well as several so, smaller private schools, which would also be middle schools. And those middle schools, those students are able at some point to come to Pinkerton Academy and start engaging in career exploration before they hit high school? They absolutely do. In fact, we are putting together and have for a while had in place a bit of an oversight at the district level to make sure that many of our middle schools have a career development program in place and they have the option because we're very local control. They have the option of being to do whatever they want to do for career development starting in the middle school at age some, some start at uh, grade five, but with some newer laws that have come out specifically, for example, in the areas of engineering, we have schools that are starting to do the career development activities as young as second grade. So that really gives students that cathartic experience and starts answering that question, not so much what do I want to be when I grow up, but it's more what's around me in the world and how do I relate to it? And then as they start to age and get into fifth, sixth, seventh grade, it continues the dialogue of what's around me how does it relate to me, and specifically, what sort of courses should I start be looking at to actually prepare myself, and what sort of experiences should I have even before I get to high school to help me answer those questions? Some of our middle schools have done an amazing job. They've brought in industry experts from around all around New England and have shown, quite frankly, almost at the high school level, starting in grade seven, what sort of things to start thinking about. So it's really been a remarkable uh, experience to watch many of our middle schools really embrace the whole career development discipline and provide for students what I would consider to be fairly advanced, fairly deep experiences and Q&A towards answering that question, what is it that I'm interested in and what sort of coursework should I start experiencing? And it sounds like you and, and your school have been pretty instrumental in that. And, you know, that's what this podcast series is dedicated to, the importance and the value of career exploration for students while they are in middle school. And so yeah, I guess I'm wondering, I'm wondering how your school approaches career exploration at, at such an early age. So, you know, you're working with those middle school students before they get to high school to expose them to these options. So. Talk about your approach to that, maybe that partnership that exists there. It really depends on what the middle school has in place. If a middle school has very little in place, we'll actually go in and help them design a bit of a curriculum. And for example, just one of the examples, we work with our local credit union, and we have for several years invited all of our students here on campus, all, all of our middle school students at the higher end, so seventh and eighth grade, for as many middle schools as want to come free of charge, we will have them come in and have a capstone experience in which they will actually identify and participate in a mock village sort of experience. And what I mean by that is students can spend anywhere from a few days to a few weeks identifying whatever curriculum, whatever sort of activities the middle school has in place. They identify a career path and down to identifying an occupation that looks interesting to them, including salary information. And then when they show up here on a given day, we've got an entire village set up for them to explore. 
So they have the opportunity to go spend money at the grocery store. They have the opportunity to go buy things at an appliance outlet. And then they participate in this entire cathartic experience in which they will actually see whether or not the job that they've selected, the amount of money that they've got, is that going to be good enough for the mock lifestyle that they are starting, just starting to explore? So it gives them that opportunity <laughs> yeah. to actually go through and say, oh, man, I messed up. i got to go back and do this all over again. Well, simultaneously during this mock village, we happen to have credit counselors that are here, ironically, from all the credit unions that participate. It's fully sponsored by our credit unions that are in our area. We have hundreds of students do it, and we are the largest institution as well as this is the largest mock middle school career fair in the state of New Hampshire. We run it every year. That sounds incredible. And I bet through those experiences you've probably had some interesting conversations with these middle school students who had some big aha moments, and I wonder if you might be able to share some of those conversations that have occurred. Uh, it, it's absolutely. Not only do have we have the conversations, we've got it on film. So we have film of students that said, in fact, we have, we have an incredible program here, a national program for juniors and seniors called the Academy of Business and Finance. And those are students that are really interested in exploring finance, banking, and all the associated occupations within that. So coming out of that program will be your future finance managers and other careers like that. So anyway, we have a student that's in that, and he said, I made the decision to become in this program and will become a finance manager because of this middle school program, and he's one of the career counselors. So he's sitting oh, there really mentoring cool. middle school students, telling them, this program made a difference in my life. Let me tell you about it. I can say anything all day long to a 13-year-old. I will never make the impact that that kid did. Yeah, no, that's because they're, they're finding someone who looks or acts or talks like them, and so they're certainly building that connection. It's amazing. How, it's absolutely amazing. And the story keeps on going on. I mean, we have many, many experiences like that. Okay, so Doug, how did you get started with that? Talk talk me through the whole process of, of maybe starting to engage with the middle school in this. And, and I just want to be clear, that's only one of the things we've got. But to answer your, your question, really it was because the credit unions within our particular area were very, very interested and were spending money to try to figure out how can they attack, if you will, how can they reach into the families of their future spenders, of their future bankers, of their future customers, so they approached us, as they did some other middle schools and high schools, to say, how can we work together? Well, as the guy that was kind of overseeing a lot of the general career development activities that were happening within our district, I saw this as a no-brainer. Like I was hearing about how this was actually making success throughout our state early, early on in its, its evolution, and I said, this is a program that we've got to embrace. So it was a very easy flip, uh, switch to flip to say, we should run this for the middle schools. Don't have the middle schools do it. We'll run it. Now I've killed about five, six birds with the same stone. I've shown these students yeah. a variety of different things. I'm connecting them to industry. We're teaching them financial literacy. And, oh, by the way, they're making their first foray into the high school, which, frankly, given our size, that's a bit of a challenge. You know, this is a rural area still in many cases yeah. of our city schools. It's rural for our state. So some of these middle schools are 50 kids, 100 kids, 150 kids. You come onto a campus that's 19 buildings with, with almost 3,400 students, it's very daunting. So if we can get them here early to help eliminate some of that fear and anxiety, 
that's another win for us. So that's why we got involved, and that's how we got involved. It sounds like a really efficient approach to getting students thinking about their post-secondary options. And, and yeah, absolutely. You said that, yeah, you said that that was only one of the activities of the programs that you all do with the Mock Village. Tell me, tell me what some of the other programs, maybe the activities that you do to help students explore career options in middle school. Yeah, sure. It's all it's really all over the map. At a very fundamental level, our CTE center is very excited and and very willing to go in and just do guest lecturing inside any of our middle schools. So if we get invited in, the middle schools will come in and say, Hey, we need we need to have somebody come in and talk about what's happening in, for example, construction, what sort of occupations and what sort of coursework is available in construction. And we'll have those sessions somewhat packed. We've also started running a middle school summer camp. So a summer camp just for students to spend two to four days exploring and seeing what various career paths are. And because we're so large and, have, and are so well-funded and resourced, we have students that will walk away with an Adirondack chair. So if a student wants to see, hey, this is what woodworking is like for a career path, they can actually walk away with an Adirondack chair. Or they can walk oh, away wow. with a small robot if they want to get involved in engineering. So that's been running. There's a variety of other you know, things. And you see, I'm sure their parents are shocked because the students are doing things that their parents probably, in many cases, aren't able to do, such as building a piece of furniture or creating a robot. And they're doing that in a right. two- to four-day summer camp. Right, and they're doing it at age 13. So they're coming home with this unbelievable experience. We also have a great relationship with our community colleges, which were also running middle school camps. So, in fact, my own son participated in a middle school engineering and robotics camp, middle school. So he was in eighth grade, and he was going to the community college running a very, very rudimentary part of our local community college's mechatronics program as part of the Manufacturing Outreach Initiative. So then now he's seeing as an eighth grader what's available at his community college, and then all he has to do is connect the dots to say, oh, okay, I'll just start taking these courses in high school. And therefore, now we've transcended what we all want, which is middle school students to understand not only what's available at the high school, but what's available afterwards. And then they can see all that path, and we're starting to connect seamlessly and, in essence, blur the lines between where middle school, high school, and community college or university ends and starts. That's exactly what yeah, we want. Really, That's going to accelerate the process. Really creating that pipeline so students understand what they're supposed to do and how to, how to accomplish their goals. Absolutely. My curiosity has been Absolutely. peaked. I think on my next trip to New Hampshire, I'm going to have to visit Pinkerton Academy because the place sounds incredible. And spend the, just spend a the short time. conversation today. Right. Maybe I need a two to four day camp myself. So I'll That's try right. to put that on my calendar right. this coming summer. Well, I promise it will be a good time. You, you, well, you've been successful implementing a variety of middle school career exploration activities within the concept of Pinkerton Academy. And there may be other teachers or other administrators or other education practitioners who are listening in today, and they're thinking, yeah, that sounds great, but I know it wasn't easy. And so for them, I guess I want to know what are some of the challenges that others might experience if they try to emulate some of the activities that you all are doing when working with middle schools? Oh, it's a, it's a great question, and my advice is don't do it all. Start small. Find that thing that you can do. Some educational institutions, they would love to do a summer camp. 
But, man, they could not squeeze in another thing throughout the school year if they had to. Then don't do that. Don't do the other stuff. Don't, for example, another program we didn't even talk about, we invite school counselors, those old guidance counselors. I don't mean old, but I mean the old term of guidance counselors, those the school counselors, we invite them in and actually run a professional development workshop on different career paths and, and model that middle school summer camp for them. So they actually come in nine times throughout the year. Well, that could be, for some of the listeners, that would be impossible to do. They could never spend the time right. to have nine different sessions. But that's a very successful way that we found to be able to get middle school school counselors to have really good, deep conversations with students because we're showing them firsthand what it's like to build an electrical panel, what it's like to actually be involved in biotechnology or engineering, what it's like to be involved in aeronautics and actually build something associated to that. But if, if the listener can't do that, then don't do that. If they can do something during the summer, then do that. If they can do guest lecturing for once a month or once a quarter, then go do that. And I think the, the, the worst thing that somebody can do is try to take on all these things, get completely exhausted and wiped out, and then do none of them. Pick that one or two things that you think you can really get your hands wrapped around and then, and then try it. Don't be afraid to fail is, is number two of that. If you try it the first year and it wasn't successful as you thought, don't take your foot off the gas just because of that. Try it again. You might be more successful the second time around. No, I, th I think that's sage advice, not just for, for middle school career exploration activities, but just in life. Don't try to do it all and start small because we all know how quickly things can get out of control and, and get overwhelming. So Absolutely. I like it. Absolutely. You hit on a very important topic, which was resources. And it can be difficult for some to implement activities because of human resources, financial resources, et cetera. So I'm wondering what type or types of support or what sort of resources would you recommend for others who are considering implementing some career exploration activities in middle school? So if you're going to support career-related uh, activities in middle school, if you're on the high school side, the cheap stuff that you can do, you can be a guest lecturer. You can reach out to your community and help them actually make and coordinate a couple of guest speakers. That's a very small, inexpensive way of doing that. doesn't require a lot sure. of resources. has enormous impact. You bring somebody that's a bioscientist into your middle school, if you're on the high school side, you're a hero. And now your middle school is absolutely going to be more anxious to want to work with you on the high school side. And if you're yeah. a middle school teacher, it only takes, in some cases, it only takes a couple of phone calls, especially in this economy with unemployment being up here in New Hampshire, hovering around in some parts of our state 1.8% up wow. to 2%. I mean, it's crazy. So you bet industry is very anxious to not only have that conversation with seniors that are about to graduate, but many of them are very, very interested to reach down into the middle schools and say, sure, I'll have a guest speaker conversation with, with students in a class of 25 kids for an hour or two. That's a very low resource way of being able to be a big hit. All the way up through, yes, it does take a lot of coordination to get 600 middle school students from as many as seven different middle schools on a bus for a mock village. I'm not going to lie. That takes a lot of coordination. <laughs> it also takes over 60 volunteers. That's the other end of the spectrum. So I guess my advice would be 
whatever resources you feel that you've got at your disposal, try the things that you think are realistic and practical, starting again small. But some, some of the things that we've done, frankly, require almost no resources and absolutely no funding. Don't think just because you have no resources or funding, you can't do anything. You absolutely can. Hey, Doug, it sounds like the, the middle school teachers and the counselors have been very receptive up through post-secondary education as well, and certainly those with you at Pinkerton Academy. Have you had any conversations with parents of, of these younger students, and what are their thoughts about it? Yeah, I mean, this is a big part of what we're building this year is also a, a stronger parent outreach. But frankly, a lot of the reasons and a, a lot of the pull, if you will, to build these programs came from parents. They came from parents saying, I wish we were doing more in the, and then fill in the blanks. I wish we were doing more with school counselors in the area of career development. I wish we could do more with industry. And because many of your parents are also, in some cases, industry either owners or active participants, their managers, vice presidents, and so forth. So they can participate as not only parents, but as industry professionals. So our parents have had a very active engagement with us. We have a parent page. Our middle school and district has, has parents very actively involved. We're lucky that way. Some districts have that, some districts don't. But if your parents are very actively involved, don't run away from it. <laughs> Embrace that, because they could be a resource that you actually use in the area of career development. They can't, they're not just parents, they're also business people in many cases. So I'm, I'm going to take this next question and get a little personal. I'm guessing in your job, in your role, you're a busy person. It requires probably being very organized in your current career. Am I right on that? It would be better if I was more organized, but yes, it does. You're right. Uh, okay, so a fun question for our listeners. Um, your bedroom at home, the desk in your office, and your car, they're all dirty. Which one do you choose yep. to clean first? The car wins the prize, and the reason is because <laughs> I'm in that thing all the time, and I'm out in front of industry constantly. So nobody sees my room. Everybody sees my car. <laughs> I like it, Doug. I like it. So. The big takeaway from, from our conversation for me is partnerships, and you spoke over the last few minutes about collaborating with the middle school, collaborating with the community college and higher education, how Pinkston Academy is collaborating with folks from industry and the credit unions, and you're even collaborating with parents, and it seems like all those collaborative efforts are what enable you all to really be as successful as you are. Would you say that's correct? Yeah, and it does require, that's absolutely correct, it does require participation in all of those camps. There are ways to actually be successful and only attack one or two, but you really start seeing success across multiple points when you engage all of those stakeholders, and that's really what it takes, it, and that takes time. I don't want to set the uh, listener's expectation that suddenly it's going to be, oh, my gosh, this was wonderful, and it only took a few months. That's not the case. Even the simple things can actually, before you start seeing some significant progress, they can take some time to actually see some, some real results. So it takes time. We've had 200 years. We've got the time. <laughs> well said, man. Well, speaking of time, I wanted to thank you for your time today. Everyone, our guest on today's podcast was Doug Cullen, and Doug is the Manager of Career Services at Pinkerton Academy in Derry, New Hampshire. So, Doug, thank you for your insight. I think you've given our listeners 
a lot to think about and probably inspired uh, some innovation amongst us as well, so thank you. I am happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. All right.